everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Finney, and this is my podcast, the Word Up Podcast, where we dive into the Bible, we look at the content and the context of the scriptures, and we unpack it together and what it meant to the original readers and what it can mean to us today. And so today, what I'd like us to do is to look at a theme of the Bible. Actually, we're going to look at four themes the next four weeks. In the next four weeks, we're going to be entering the season of Advent. And so Advent is four weeks before Christmas. In Christmas, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Today, we're going to look at the theme of hope. What is hope? What is hope in the Bible? What does hope mean for us today? And what are we putting our hope in? Next week, we're going to look at peace. And then we're going to look at joy and love. That's my hope anyway. (laughs) Um, That's the plan, is to unpack the next four weeks, the four weeks of Advent, and hopefully to to begin anticipation of Christmas and start setting us in the mood. Because I don't know about you guys, but um, in our house, we began to uh, get all of our decorations out and decorating the house. We've never put lights up outside, and we're beginning to plan how how we're going to do that. And so we're already beginning anticipation of Christmas season, and we're beginning to celebrate Christmas season. And so I thought, what better way to to celebrate and to get in the mood and to study uh, the birth of Christ by giving us a short little study on the four weeks of Advent. And so today I've decided to to look at hope. What What is hope? What is biblical hope? What is biblical hope for us today? And so, um, hope. In the Old Testament, you will see two words, uh, two Hebrew words for hope. One is yakal, which means to wait for. And another one is kava. And that one has a little bit different of a meaning, but it's, again, to wait uh, with tension, usually. The, the root word is kav, which means like tension when a rope is pulled. And so um, one is waiting and one is waiting with expectation. And so kaval and yachal. The Hebrew word for hope are those two words. And why is that important? Why is it important to learn uh, the two words? Well, I just like Hebrew, so I just bring those up, give you guys a little bit of insight um, and teaching. I think it's really cool to learn Hebrew. But I want to give you a, uh, a quick background on why biblical hope is so important and, and what we can do to have biblical hope in our life today. So hope is anticipation. Biblical hope is anticipation. It is looking forward. It is waiting with expectancy. We're not expecting anything to happen but we're waiting with an expectancy that something might happen, that God could show up, will show up. It is not wishful thinking, but it is secure assurance and that our trust is placed in God. If you've ever spent some time in church or read the Old Testament, you might know the story of the people of God. Now, I'm not going to give you a deep explanation. I'm just going to give us like a quick overview of what it is, just to, to remind us. But basically, the people of God um, 
were given the land, the promised land, the land of Canaan. And they entered the land. They gave thanks to God. They were able to, to construct the city of Israel, basically. And they put up walls. They, they created a temple. And they wanted a king for themselves because the surrounding nations had a king. And God said, okay, I'll give you a king, even though I am your king, right? They just didn't recognize that God was their king because now they're being influenced by their neighbors. They're being influenced by the people around them. And so God gave them a king, and we know that his name was Saul. But Saul was their first king, the first king of Israel. But he wasn't the king that God gave them. It was the king that the people of Israel wanted because he looked the part. He sounded the part and he fit the part that they had in mind. Well, Saul wasn't a very good king and God actually anointed David to be king. God had chosen David, a little shepherd boy that had no right really to be king. He was out mending the sheep, keeping Uh, watch over the flock of his father's house while his brothers were out doing the duties of the household. And the prophet Samuel came looking for David. And of course, David wasn't there because he was out, out in the field watching the flock. And Samuel says to Jesse, where's your son? The other son that you're not, that's not here. Oh, you don't want to see him. He doesn't fit the part of king. Samuel knows that, that he does. Samuel anoints David to be king. And years later, David becomes king of Israel. Now, David knew how to be a leader. He knew God. He knew the ways of God. We even know that David was a man after God's own heart. David had some failures. He wasn't perfect. And he was human. But David was the best leader that Israel ever had. Period. After David, his sons began uh, to take over. And then their sons and so on and so on. Every king after King David became a little bit more evil. And a little bit more evil. And forgot God just a little bit more. Until the last king of Israel didn't even really know who God was. And had really forgotten about searching him. And what happened was the nation of Israel um, became overthrown by Babylon. Big bad boy Babylon. Say that five times fast. Um, And went into exile. And while they're in exile, they had hope for a savior. They had hope for somebody that would come and redeem them and make them a great nation again. They had hope that God would provide for them the savior. Years go on and they eventually come out of exile. And honestly, the people of Israel thought that Nehemiah was going to be the savior because Nehemiah had rebuilt the city of Jerusalem 
had rebuilt the walls, had began to teach the Torah again, him and Ezra together. Finally, finally the nation is great once again. But something was missing. The Spirit of God wasn't in the temple anymore. It's very important that the Spirit of God was there. And that was missing. And so the people of Israel still had this hope. They still had anticipation. They still had expectancy. And they were still waiting for a Savior to show up. And so in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, this little girl named Mary gets told by an angel that she's going to get pregnant. And we'll read it here. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. That's very important to remember. David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. That is really a hopeful message that Mary received, especially being an Israelite. The house of Jacob. The Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. These things start to resonate in Mary's mind. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The kingdom of Jacob? There will be no end? What is this? This is a savior. This is a messiah. This is a king. And she is going to be carrying him in her womb. This begins to give birth to hope. Hope in her that the that the hope of her people now have a savior and that he is going to be born very soon and that he will be raised up and that he will be placed on the throne of his father David. Now, Mary's husband, Joseph, comes from the lineage of David. And it was foretold that the lineage of David would come a king like this. And so Mary begins to have hope. Hope for her people. And we know and we learn about that when Jesus comes, he's born as a human, a perfect human, without sin, without blame, that's full of power and grace and mercy. In Genesis, God creates human. He creates Adam and Eve, and they are perfect. They're perfect humans. And they messed up. We know this from Genesis 3. And they messed up, and, and humanity fell. And now there's a separation between God and his people. 
The separation is sin and death. And so, when Jesus comes, he comes as a perfect human. Sin is not passed down because the Holy Spirit gives the promise of the birth of Jesus through Mary. The separation stops there. And we know from Jesus, from Jesus' life and ministry, that he goes on the cross for us, for you and for me, for all of humanity, for all of time, for all times past and for all times future until Jesus comes again. Jesus goes on the cross and he bears our sin and defeats death through his resurrection. And we have hope now. We have hope. And the hope has a name. The hope is Jesus. And so we look backward to the cross of what happened. The people of Israel in that day looked forward for a savior. And we look backward to the cross that the things that separated us from God, namely sin and death, are now defeated. And there is no separation between us and God. And that we have a mediator and a counselor and a mighty fortress whose name is Jesus, who sits on the right hand of God and reigns over the house of Jacob forever. And so our biblical hope is in Jesus. We look forward for his returning. We look forward for what he has for us. Our hope now is securely planted and placed in him. So during this Advent season, I encourage you, I encourage you to look inwards. Look in the past. Meditate on what Jesus had done for us on the cross. And that gives us hope for the future. For me, it challenges me and asks me, what am I putting my hope in? Or am I just wishful thinking? And knowing that the things that I wish would happen aren't happening because I'm not putting my hope in Jesus. Next week, we're going to be looking at peace. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. Shalom. It is more than just a greeting. It is a lifestyle. So that's what we have to look forward to next week. So I hope this message has been encouraging. I hope that it's been challenging as usual. And even though we didn't spend much time diving into a specific passage, so I encourage you in this Advent season to, to begin to um, reflect on Jesus and the birth of Jesus and to begin to set our hearts in preparation and anticipation for him. I encourage you to read uh, Luke chapter 1 through 3 for the next four weeks and reflect on the story of the birth of our Savior and King Jesus. As usual, thank you for listening and joining me today, and I hope to see you next time. Thank you.